0: Ask that you would just come in this preaching moment, that you would speak through me, your servant. God, you know all of the time that I put into preparing this message. But now I stand and ask that you would have your way, speak through me. God, my heart and my mind is tuned to you to hear what it is that you have to say to your people. Touch the hearts and the minds of every person under the sound of my voice. That your word is on good ground this morning, and that we can all leave here the fruit-bearing tree that you designed and put. God, if there's some person in here who doesn't have a personal relationship
1: with
0: you, I ask that today will be the day of salvation. Yes. We love you and we praise you in the master's name of Jesus Christ. We pray and ask it all. Amen. 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 So, if I had to title this message, it would be "Making the Connection." I understand that you all are coming out of your series on the Fruit of the Spirit. I've been charged to close out that series, and we're going to do that by making the connection. One week ago today, my mother moved from her. Of 18 years. Now imagine with me what a woman of 74 years old, the mother of three, the grandmother of six, the great-grandmother of one, the aunt of sixteen, the great aunt of at least thirty, and countless other friends. Imagine how much stuff she had accumulated in 18 years. Yeah. As she prepared to pack, there were boxes everywhere, some boxes were labeled. Some were not. Some boxes were labeled as fragile, as they contained priceless china from my grandmother, or, or priceless dishes or glass dishes and glass angels that she collects. Imagine with me how much the boxes were just all over the place. She had furniture. There were appliances to be moved. There were clothes for days. On top of that, there was electronics. There were supplies. There were. Food. Lot of things to be On top of all of her stuff, one of the things that was at her house was also my laptop, along with its charging port. Now looking back on this situation, I understand it wasn't very wise to have my laptop in such a chaotic situation, but it is what it is. It was there. So Sunday morning last Sunday as the ground was still wet from last Saturday a severe storm that we had. There were moving trucks and there were professional movers on top of seven non-professional movers who showed up to move my mother. Things started to move, the boxes got moved, the furniture got disassembled, covered, put in place and removed. The clothes made it all from their old closets to the new address. All of the boxes made it relatively close to, close to the room that they were gonna be unpacked in. The food made it, and lo and behold, my laptop made it. Stick with me. I promise I'm going somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> then Monday morning I get up early. I mean early, it's like 5 o'clock Monday morning because I was on my way to a retreat for work in Loretto, Kentucky. I go to my mother's house to do some work to prepare for this retreat. And I put on the laptop, I pull out the laptop, I log in with my password, pull out the laptop. Spectrum even beat my mother to her new apartment. So the Saturday before she moved, they came there, they set up the new cable boxes, the new internet mm-hmm. modem. So I was able to log into her Wi-Fi when I got there Monday morning. And then I get this pop-up on my screen that says, you may want to charge your computer because it's down to 4% battery power. At this moment, I look at my mother and my brother, and I say, hey, uh, do you guys know where the Ford is? This wonderful two-month-old, brand-new laptop that's rarely been used, has a nice laptop. I, I asked them do they know where the Ford was, and they look at me with the blankest of faces. <laughs> it is at this point that I realized all of my mother's essentials made this move one essential thing did not make this move it was the cord to my laptop now amidst my frustration because I got real frustrated I also had to thank God because my my preaching sense kicked in because I realized at that moment that I had the introduction for this message making the connection And it was at that moment that I realized I could talk about how us as believers, we need to make the connection. So let's look at our text that we have before us today. The book of Galatians is Paul's letter to several churches throughout the Galatian region. So he's writing this letter after he has gone to these churches, he's founded these churches, and the churches were made up of predominantly Gentile believers. And as he's there, he's evangelizing them, and he preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ, these Gentile, predominantly Gentile congregations, they accept the gospel and they begin to follow in faith and enthusiasm and they go forth and they're becoming an early church. They're doing what we do in church. They accept Paul's preaching and everything is going well. But then sometime, or sometime after Paul leaves, but after they're continuing to grow in their faith, in come these preachers who begin to preach a different message than what Paul has preached. And what they preach is that these Gentiles do not only need to accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah, but they also need to adopt some Jewish customs, right. and especially that of circumcision. Right. So here, here I want to just pause and raise a question to us, because here we are in 2017, and my question is, has many of our churches become like what's going on with the churches of Galatia? And I ask that, because I understand I'm at this esteemed one church, and you all have theologically assumed Pastor Matt and Pastor Jamel But sometimes, us as church people, we tend to have this same Jesus plus salvation message. And I know we would never admit it, but oftentimes what happens is we tell people who are not church that in order for them to be saved, they need to have Jesus plus they need to look and act and dress like us. Don't make a plan. Come on, Tara. They need to have Jesus plus they need to worship like we do. Come on. They need to have Jesus, plus they need to have their stuff together. Yes. And just like that frustrated Paul, I must admit sometimes that frustrates me. Because I don't know about you, but I have not been saved because of my actions. I have not been saved because of how I look. I have not been saved because of how I dress. But it is because of the grace of God through Jesus Christ that I'm standing here today in a relationship with God. So there is no Jesus plus anything. And these people were preaching that these Gentiles had to have a Jesus plus mentality. So Paul gets word of it and he comes out and he says, wait a minute, and he does it with some emotion. Now this, the, the book of Galatians is an emotionally charged book because Paul is angry because he says, how dare you have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ How dare you have believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ and then get tripped up with some other teaching? So he writes this book so that he can address the false teaching and so that he can address those who are beginning to believe the false teaching, but then also so that he can teach. And he does this in three sections. Okay, So the first section talks about the, the supremacy of God's grace and the authority of God's grace. In the second section of Galatians, Paul talks about Um, the the church at Galatians, their own faith history. He reminds them that you all have heard the gospel, and you accepted the gospel. And because of the work of the Holy Spirit, you all are seeing miracles in your churches. And I need you to remember, go back to your beginning. Sometimes it's good just to go back to that first point of having that relationship with God. And then in the third section, which is where we are this morning, he is teaching about the responsible use of the freedom that comes in Jesus. as I thought about closing out a series on the fruit of the Spirit, for weeks you all have heard various words lifted up before you. You all have been taught that the fruit of, spirit, of the Spirit is one thing that has different attributes. You all have went through those attributes. I wanted to say, okay, Tara, what can I bring to this series? What can I add to this series? How can we close this out so that we can really live out the fruit of the Spirit, so that we can really live out love and joy and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. And here's my word, you can't do it without making the connection. Amen. All right. Thank you, thank you. The fruit of the Spirit is the result of being connected to the God of the Spirit. Yes. The fruit yes. of the Spirit are not fickle and frail and always changing emotions. It's not something that we do because we have a good emotional intelligence. I'm a chaplain. I talk about emotions all day at work. That's what I talk about. I deal with emotions. I invite people to share their emotions. I'm invited to share their emotions. But the fruit of the spirit is totally different from emotions. Because our emotions change. How many of you all have had a change in? Today. Maybe you put on something, you looked in the mirror, and that made you sad and like how that looked. Or maybe you looked in the mirror and you thought you looked real good, so you got a little happy. But the fruit of the spirit is completely different from emotion. They are spirit, it is a spiritual byproduct of being connected to the spirit. So I want us to make the connection. And that sounds good, but Tara, how do you make the connection? I hear some of your brains wondering. I see you looking at me like, okay, you made the make the connection point. So how do we do that? Let's dig in our text and let's see. The first way that you make the connection is you understand that the connected life is a life of distinction. In verses 16 and 17 of Galatians chapter 5, Paul talks about there are two different types of life. Before he details the fruit of the spirit, he talks about the works of the flesh. He says in verse 17, that the the spirit and the flesh are opposed to one another. They're not the same. They look different. They seem different. They react different. They are two different things. And here's the thing about distinction. It always stands out. If you have a room full of the same thing and there's one thing that's different, your mind is going to go to the different thing. Uh And our world has plenty of flesh. Look on your social media timelines look at your newspaper, look on the 6 o'clock news, the 11 o'clock news, the 10 o'clock news, the 4 o'clock, any news, you can see that we have a world that is full of flesh. So what the world is looking for is the distinct life of the Spirit. You're going to stand out. It's going to make a difference. This point was uh, illustrated for me in a July 15th on the blog post. The post was titled, Your Three Fleet of Influence. Three feet of influence. In this blog post, the author talked about a young man who lived in New York City, his primary uh, mode of transportation was the public subway. He set out one day, he said, you know what? No matter what comes to me today, I'm going to be a kinder, and gentler version of myself. Yes, uh, the day before he set out to do this, him and his girlfriend had a terrible fight. The day that he set out to do that, it happened that he was heading into work, facing possible facing a possible layoff because his job was downsizing. The day that he set out to do that, he woke up, and he had an exorbitant amount of pain in his back because of a chronic issue that he was facing. So suffice it to say, he was having a terrible morning. But he still said, I'm gonna set out today to be a kinder and gentler version of myself. He also decided to take for his commute to work a book titled, Loving Kindness, which was written by the author of the blog post. So he has this book, he has this tough morning, he gets to the subway platform, and lo, lo and behold, the subway is having technical difficulties. Three straight cars go past and they don't stop to get any of the commuters waiting. I don't know if you've ever been to a New York City uh, subway, but three cars not stopping, is gonna build a backup. But he still set out to be this kind and gentle version of himself. So finally a car stops, he gets on. Of course they're standing room only. And he's immediately met by a woman who is holding several bags in the hand of a small child. The woman cusses and yells at him and claims that he's taking up too much space on this pole that he's holding onto. Also on the, on the car is a group of middle school boys heading to a field trip. One of the boys hits him in his back. So of course he brings him even more pain. And at this point, the author talks about how the man had to literally remind himself that I'm being a kinder and gentler version of myself instead of biting this young man's head off for now causing even more pain in his back. Now, I don't know if this man was a Christian. I don't know if he did this because he had studied the fruit of the Spirit. But what this shows us, because him and the the middle school young man, they end up having a conversation because he asked, what's that book that he Imagine how he, if he had bit off the young man's head. Imagine if he would have responded in anger to the lady yes, who yells at him. Yes. And then he's holding this book on loving kindness. That wouldn't have been a good picture. Those two things would not have gone together. However, many of us do the same thing. We sit under the wonderful teaching of the Pastor Matthew the Pastor Jamel, and we go through the series of the fruit of the Spirit, but we don't live this kinder and gentler life. We don't stand out because we are not making in order to make the connection, you have to understand that there are two distinct things. It's yes. easy. It's natural. It is sometimes fulfilling to respond according to the flesh. Yes. It feels good sometimes. Yes. However, yes. make the connection. Yes. The second point that you understand when you're making the connection is that you must connect to the source. Many of us are connected now lot of different ways. We have personal connections, we have business connections, we have social connections, we have educational connections, we have combinational connections. We are connected in many different ways. And let me tell you something, life will take you through some situations where your connections are not strong enough or that you are removed from those connections. But I don't know about you all, one connection that I never want to lose is my connection to the source. Who is the source? Well, I'm glad you yeah. Just like with my laptop, my laptop was connected to my personal profile, it was connected to the Wi-Fi and it was a strong signal, but it was missing the most important connection because it had no power source. Yeah. Here's the good news ah, of the message. On, all yeah. of what I'm sharing with you all, you don't have to do it on your own. God never called. God never intended for us to live out the fruit of the Spirit by ourselves. We are to be connected to the full Godhead, to God, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Yes. We are. Be, yes. We are to be connected daily, moment by moment, minute by minute, to the One who gives us the power that makes that makes doing right easy. Yes. We don't have to do it on ourselves. Who is the source? The source is the one that John talked about in and, in. And, and John 14 and 16, the one who would be our comforter, our teacher, our guider, our leader, our advocate. Who is the source? It's the one that Paul talked about earlier in Romans chapter eight who would uh, come for us in our time of weakness and intercede when we can't even form words to pray. Who is the source? The source is who my ancestors called a rock in the weary land. Who is the source? It's the one that Grandmama called the way out of nowhere. Who is the source? It is the one that in times old we called God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and now some of us new age people call God Re- creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Who is the source? It is the Holy Spirit. It is the one who walks with us daily and talks with us daily. You don't have to do this on your own. All I had to do to work my laptop was find the cord and plug it in. All you have to do is plug in day by day, moment by moment. And this was not pie-in-the-sky teaching for Paul. Because sometimes we come to church and we hear all these lofty things and they don't make it outside the door. If you read all of Paul's writings, as problematic as they may be for you, his theology, you may not agree with it. One thing you can say about Paul is he had a practical message. So let me give you some practical tips on how you stay connected. You come here Sunday after Sunday or whatever church you normally go to, and you listen to the word, but you don't just listen. You become a doer of the word. You pray on your own. You surround yourself with a squad who will spiritually sharpen you and who will call for you and who will hold you accountable to the things that you say. How do you make the connection? You do practical steps to stay connected to God. Essentially, they're being told you're not enough. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. These people come in and they preach these fancy messages to the church, to the church's and these believers are leaving saying, "Oh my gosh, I'm not enough." Right. Here is the good news about making the connection: Unlike people, unlike society, sometimes unfortunately. Jesus says, you're enough because Jesus says, I'm enough. There is not one person here, under the sound of my voice, or one person that you will share these message notes with that God is not calling to connect with, Mm -hmm. that God is not pleading to connect with, that God is not waking you up morning by morning with fresh mercies for the sole purpose of connecting with you. You are good enough because God is good enough. No one of us is below or, or above the connection of God. And I don't know about you, but that's good news to me. Because I haven't always been in the culture of church. I haven't always looked like what other preachers look like. I haven't always sounded like what other I, I don't have a, family, a fancy family background. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of things that people would look at me and say, ooh, I definitely want to connect with her. But let me tell you something. I am grateful <laughs> that God looks at me and sees his son Jesus Christ and everything that Jesus went through on Calvary and says, I want to connect with her. That's good news to me, and I pray that it's good news to you. As you go out this week and as life comes at you and as situations come at you, remember that God wants to connect with you. There's no mistake too big. There's no moment of weakness that's too great. Consistently wants to connect with you. And so as we close, I invite you to make the connection. Decide in your everyday life to say, God, I want to connect with you so that you can lead me, so that you can guide me. I want to study your word so that I can understand your nature better, so that I can know how I'm supposed to live this out. And as you do that, God will come closer to you than you can stand. Mm -hmm. The Bible is still true that if you draw near to God, God God will draw near to you. The Bible is still true. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek
1: chew on there as I was as I was listening to Minister Tara I was thinking of the ways that we do say you've got to look like me you've got to function like me Jesus plus and, and how that shame comes on us thanks for saying that so plainly yeah. um, as we close out worship it reminded me of a verse in First John that I, I want to read over us as we go to the table and uh, in just a second, we get to celebrate that we're one, that distinctions, the only one that matters is that we're connected. The yeah. only one that matters is who Jesus is, that the rest of it makes life exciting, but it, it, it isn't what matters. And so we all come to the table together. Uh, the crackers are gluten-free, if anyone needs that. And uh, the, the bread, and th- this is my favorite moment, as we just kind of collide at the table, and, and there's room for everyone. But as we go to the table, I want to read this, this verse, 1 John 3, 1, that says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And because he called us that, that is what we are. It's whatever other titles and, and labels and stuff you've carried throughout the week, we invite you to lay that down on your way to the table and go celebrate with the bread and go celebrate with the cup. That you are exactly who you are because you're connected to the one who determines everything. So welcome to the table.